listening to the Niagara Moon podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. Finally have a, uh, a guest again for this week's episode. I talked with Julien Renvoisier. It's my best uh, attempt at pronouncing his name. Uh, but he's a really cool guy up in Montreal, originally from France. I uh, came across him online recently. He makes really, really cool electronic music under the name Spatial Soul, although as uh, you'll hear him explain, that's only uh, a bit of what he does. He's a pretty prolific producer and uh, remixer, multi-instrumentalist. He's quite the guitar player. If you go to his Facebook page, Spatial Soul, you can see uh, several performance videos of his. There's one where he's behind the counter of the cafe uh, that I guess he used to work at, dressed up like a barista, but just really uh, jamming out on one of his own songs, uh, using looping and all that. He's a very talented, versatile dude, and he's really friendly. And uh, it was super cool to have him on as the uh, first podcast guest in a little while. He just released a remix this week of a song by Chris Durkin. The song is called Run, and uh, you can really see his production talent at work. I'll play a little snippet of that, and then uh, we'll get into my conversation. Looks like you're in your home studio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm in in Montreal. Yeah, in my studio. Um, yeah, just your your basic home setup with like you know keyboard, guitars, all that stuff. You as well? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in a temporary arrangement right now, but. Um, this is where I've been uh, recording some piano tracks recently. Cool. Very cool. A lot of what I do, I uh, pay to um, my friend's a studio engineer, so I have access mm-hmm. to the place he works at of a couple couple times a week. So going awesome. there at night. And, yeah. It's a great place to record vocals. Yeah, I bet. Is that is that the place where you usually record and do all of your of your sound stuff? Um, that's the place that I do anything that... Uh, can't just be in the box with a uh, with a keyboard right that's where i get to step away from the computer for a little while right right absolutely yeah so you are in montreal canada that's awesome yeah yeah i am yeah i've been here i'm actually from france originally but i've been here for the past uh, eight years now yeah actually just got my permanent residency here as well so i'm, I'm kind of all settled in now oh, congratulations yeah thank you yeah, it's been cool. a, it's been a process yeah um, yeah, so how did you make that journey from France uh, over to, to Canada? Can we um, come over for school? or? Yeah, so what happened is initially, so I, I used to live in France when I was much younger. Then I actually moved to China, lived in China for a few years. My dad was working there. Um, so yeah, three years in Shanghai. And then after Shanghai, it was kind of like I was in international school there. Um, and, you know, I kind of applied to university just kind of across the world. And I ended up here. And, yeah, I came here for school, um, college here, and then stayed for stayed for the music, which wasn't part of the plan. But, you know, <laughs> it just kind of happened. Yeah, I, uh, I've been to your summer festival. I think it's the, what, the jazz festival up in Montreal? Yeah, been yeah, there a couple yeah, yeah. Times. Yeah, you do get a sense, like... Um, it being predominantly not in English, it's kind of like uh, separate from the, the American pop scene, but you do get a sense there's a lot going on up there. Pretty vibrant area. 
Yeah, we have a, like, the obviously Jazz Fest is awesome, and there's always great artists that come, but we have a really vibrant, like, indie scene here. Um, all the, like, indie rock, indie, like, the pop scene is not quite as, as big. Like, for the pop scene in Canada, it's mostly Toronto, but all the indie scene and the experimental scene is really, like, happening in Montreal, Yeah, the al alternative music, yeah. Yeah, all types of alternative musics are really happening. And it's really cool. You know, you, we, we often see like artists from the local scene that, you know, we've kind of seen grow, like just start to pop. And it's, it's always, I mean, it's always awesome when that, when that happens, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's really, uh, it's fun. It's really encouraging. And uh, yeah, because yeah, Montreal is still pretty, it's not a huge city. It's, it's probably, the community there is probably going to be a little more intimate than um, just someplace bigger. Yeah, totally. It's un like under 2 million. I think it's like 1.5 million people. So not a huge city. Rent is really cheap here compared still? to, I'd say, to... Yeah, it's still pretty cheap. Oh, boy. Yeah, compared to places like Toronto and Vancouver, where like if you're going to be an artist there, like it's going to be... You know, you're going to have a hard time making rent if you're a full-time musician or artist. Um, whereas here, it's like still, you know, it's it's still very affordable. So, you know, you can still get by on little and, and have time to focus on your art without having a, you know, kind of a life sucking day job. Mm. Yeah. I've, uh, so I'm, I'm down in Massachusetts. So Montreal isn't too far away for me. So I've been able to travel there a couple of times, but mm -hmm. when I did one, make that one, uh, journey out to Vancouver, everybody was kind of getting out of there. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's like it's, uh, it's getting pretty intense over there. The, yeah, the economic uh, situation there, but um, yeah, every anywhere I've been in, in Canada in terms of cities has been beautiful. But it, it's cool to know Montreal is is still uh, particularly artist friendly. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I, I love this place. I you know it's kind of my second home now. I I really wouldn't trade it, I think for anywhere else. Um, yeah, as as an artist, just a great place, a ton of great music, tons of great people. So when did you start uh, Spatial Soul? Uh, so Spatial Soul is, I would say like about a year and a half old. Um, so what happened is, so it's funny that we were talking about my visa situation because, so I was kind of, I used to be a lot of mix engineer and I did a lot of mix engineering. Um, oh, so you, you know, you've it, worked in a studio a lot. I haven't, no, no, I'm all self-taught. I have, you know, kind of clients and did, did work for like indie musicians. Oh, okay. So you're kind of like a freelance, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mixing for other people's and, projects. That's right. And uh, when I had some, I had some visa stuff kind of come up um, and it happened that like I had to like get a day job and be more full time on my day job. And I wasn't allowed to do the freelance stuff anymore because of the way my visa happened. And I was like, well, you know, I, I obviously I still, you know, I wasn't going to drop music, but I had to do it in a like less business sense mm. at first. And I was like, listen, I'll just make music that I love making. And it was it was interesting because it was actually, I mean, I love working on other people's project. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's a very different role, but it was very liberating to kind of have that outlet. And it just started off with like, you know, I had a few like beats and stuff like that, that I made into tracks and just, I was like, let's just put them out to the sea, you know, kind of see what happens. Um, and, you know, a couple of them, like from the, the very first tracks I put out, a couple of them did well. I had, you know, some some small successes, like got reposted by, you know, French labels that kind of helped the tracks grow. And then I got a few kind of playlists on Spotify that, that kind of helped as well in the first six months of putting music out. Um, and so that, that was about like, yeah, up until a year ago. 
Then about a year ago, I kind of took a break. I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's kind of try to take this project seriously and, you know, prepare some real releases. And I started working with a singer um, called Apollon. Uh, we did four, you know, four tracks together that we released throughout kind of 2019. Um, and, you know, those did well as well. I was, I was really happy with like the response we got and kind of kept growing that way. And then, you know, played a few shows over the summer and, and yeah, now I'm kind of more getting ready for, you know, uh, new stuff. I have, uh, I just finished my album, just got it back from mastering. Wow. De- debut full length, huh? Yeah, it's a short album. It's six tracks, but it's, it's still, you know, it's, it's a debut thing. Uh, so I'm excited about that and, you know, kind of still doing re- releases and doing remixes also for, for other artists. So how would you kind of describe what uh, Spatial Soul is all about? Like, um, it's electronic, but you have uh, you feature some guitar work in there too, and it's kind of um, you do often feature singing. Is it kind of like chill out? How'd you? Uh, yeah, you I mean that's ex- for? yeah for sure. I, mean, I like the, the whole idea for me behind Spatial Soul is kind of like you know I kind of tag it as like creativity matters, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of all about that about like not having any real creative boundaries and just making the music that I want to make right. and it's that your feels good to project. me. Yeah, it's really a passion project. It's just kind of like, I just make the music that I want to make and that I feel like making. So sometimes it's going to take t- different, different, you know, directions. I don't force it into a particular direction. I mean, obviously, like musically speaking, I think my influences kind of converge into creating an electronic sound that has organic elements mm. and played elements to it. Because uh, I used to be in rock bands and that's kind of where I came from musically. And then I got into electronic music, I always say, because I was tired of dealing with drummers. <laughs> uh, I can relate to that. Well, maybe yeah. not drummers specifically. I'm not going to out them. But the sentiment of, oh, I can do it all myself now. That kind yeah. of uh, creative excitement. Exactly. And at first I tried making kind of like more rock tracks on my own. And then I was like, like just those drums just don't sound real. So I started switching to electronic drums. And, and then I just kind of got really more into electronic music with artists like FKJ, Big Influences, and, you know, kind of Tom Misch and all of these guys, and then delved more into even more electronic stuff with guys like Elenium and Hayden James. A lot of the Australian um, electronic scene is also a big influence on me, like, you know, um, Rufus Dussault, Mansionaire, those artists. Um, Odessa is another big one. So kind of, yeah, a mix of all those influences uh to make yeah electronic music that's that's very much focused around having organic elements to it Mm, so you kind of left the rock world behind pretty much yeah funnily enough i still i still do rock stuff more like as a producer like for like i'm working starting a new sync album right now but that has nothing to do with spatial soul Mm. but where i'm doing rock as well which is what i love about being a producer is you, you get to touch on so many different genres as well so it's kind of like uh it's good music for a party, it seems like, but not really uh, like a nightclub, like it's not really glittery and artificial chemical sounding, but just kind of, uh, yeah, still up-tempo. Um, the, it's interesting, the combination of organic sounds and digital artificial sounds and like how our brain perceives which is which and like when the combination is effective or not, it's like you can totally get immersed in that. That world yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, like the combination of, 
in the box of the digital sound versus the analog sound. And one of the things I find the most interesting about it is how, you know, today one of the big, big things that we're trying to do as engineers is recreate the analog sounds or yeah. like the sound of analog You're always consoles. trying to make something sound slightly broken. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's crazy to me because like as, as a like, you know, 25, 26-year-old producer, I never really worked on consoles. It's not like a sound that I was used that I've ever been used to producing but I guess it's the sound I grew up with listening to mm. and there's something about like everything being in the box with completely digital plugins that sometimes feel a bit stale and and yeah that's why I like to like mix that in and I think also the human aspect of it comes back into the organic of it you know today with the digital you can just edit and make sure everything sounds perfect uh, you know MIDI pianos can be can sound really really fake and Kind of getting back that that organic human feel into it, I think, is is important as well. Totally. So, um, you have a guitar behind you. I've I've seen um some guitar do, yeah. videos you have on Facebook as well. That's definitely features heavily in some of your music. What are what are all the different uh, like musical roles you have to play? You're you're also doing the mixing, the producing. Um, like how much work goes into a a certain track for you a lot because i i do uh so i do the songwriting that's where kind of where, where i start uh, then i don't sing so i usually i'm going to work with singers uh you know we're going to kind of work together on the songwriting or it's going to be a song that's already completely written and they're going to come in and just sing it you know depending on on kind of the 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 what i have to to work with um and then yeah obviously you know you start by doing the whole the whole production, you know, once you have the song written, uh, then you do kind of all the production, you know, that's the sound design, the sample choice for the drums, uh, writing all the instruments, the arrangements, doing all the effects. Once you have the production done, you do the final vocals, the vocal arrangement. Um, then you record all the parts that need to be recorded. If they're not programmed, you add all of the guitars, um then once you have all of that you bring it to, um, you bring it to mixing mix it uh, if i have the budget i'm going to hire an external you know another mixing engineer someone to actually mix it for me second to get, pair of ears yeah to get that second pair of ears and some, uh, for my own music i really like to mix my own music uh, because i know what i want to do and i want to have to take the time to communicate mm. that to someone else yeah um, but what I always do is I get a, I get a dedicated mastering engineer. I have a mastering engineer I work with and that's, I always have that back and forth with him where like, you know, he helps me get better mixes and, mm. and, you know, kind of make my music sound the best it can. Yeah. For anybody listening, uh, it's not really a good idea to master your own stuff. That's kind of where no. <laughs> you got to draw the line, bring somebody else in who, yeah. who does it professionally. Some guys do it. Some guys do it, but I, I personally don't. Like Grammatic, he's a producer. He masters his own stuff. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing it. I'm like, I did it for a while when I had zero money, but... Uh, yeah, you do it as a like, well, this will be enough for now. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're budget limited, but wow. I did not know there was somebody out there, though, that could take that on. Yeah. Um, huh. So... Yeah, obviously a lot of steps involved, especially for kind of how like lush and, you know, carefully put together a track like yours is going to be. Do you have um, a favorite part, like a part of the creative process that you always look forward to the most? Yeah, I would say I have two. So I obviously I love the songwriting of it when like kind of the original spark 
the original idea. And then it's not so much, like, it's hard to say it's one part, but it's just like, you know, when you're like, let's say three hours into the production of like, you know, the main part and everything just starts to kind of lock in mm -hmm. and, and it's starting to groove and it's starting to move and you're getting all the elements the way you want them to play against each other. And you're really feeling the emotion of the song and the sound design is starting to get there. And it's kind of like that moment where you're not quite there, but yeah. you really get it and you start to feel it lock in. It's I like think building that's, a sandcastle. Yeah, exactly. You're starting exactly. to see the thing take shape. Yeah, I think that's really where I love. You know, it's kind of that thing where like you walk in and there's not much there, and you leave and there's something. So you're pretty home studio based. Are you also performing live as well for this project? No, or it's totally a recording based thing. It's uh, for now completely recording based. I mean, in the future, I think I'm, I might want you know to start performing live and doing live shows. Uh, you know, kind of time permits. I did do one, um, you know, this this summer um, with a pole in. We, we played at the Pride Festival here in Montreal. Mm. Um, so that was a big show, but I I think I would all, I only play live it's, if it's like a big show. It's not something I do regularly. Yeah. Uh, just because it's, it's just hard to like set up the way you want to do it. You know, it's like, are you going to be just a DJ set, which is kind of, you know. It's kind of its okay. own thing. Yeah. It's kind of its own thing. I'm not a DJ at all. Um, or do I want really a full performance set? And then with the music that I do, like, you know, yes, the, the cafe video was like very much designed to be a live performance thing. But I would say most of my, the rest of my music is like heavily produced. And it's kind of just hard to perform live. But yeah, ideally I'd want to, I want to take the time to really work on a live set and have a setup to, to do shows around. But it, it hasn't, just hasn't been that much yet. Yeah, but that uh, that cafe video you just mentioned, you're literally like behind the counter of, you know, I don't know if it's a Starbucks or wherever, but uh, is it is that like a, a place you work? Yeah, As, that's actually my day job. So how did you get the idea to do a video like that? That's like, uh, it's pretty striking when I first saw that. Like my brain is trying to put together, oh, wait, he's got the apron, but he's got the guitar and it's just, the track is really jamming. And, um <laughs> Yeah, kudos to that. How how did you uh, put that whole thing together? Um, so it's it's funny. Uh, I was looking for my next fan finder. You know, kind of kind of trying to to find the next way to, you know, to get a video and to get an interesting video going. And I, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself that it would be cool. Like I was about, I knew I was about to kind of leave that job, and you know, it wasn't. I wasn't going to be there for a while. But I worked there for three years. You know, for three years, kind of as a starting out musician and producer, kind of like just waking up every morning, going to serve my coffee, and you know, as much as I, you know, it wasn't fun to do. Obviously, it's kind of what I had to do. Um, I felt like I owed something to that place for what it taught me. And it was kind of a way for me to kind of mix those two universes between this place where I was just doing this boring ass day job and and the life that I actually wanted to have as a musician. And it was it was in a way it was an homage to that place and and kind of mixing those two those two areas, completely separate areas of my life together. I think that's how it kind of came about. Was it kind of probably pretty surreal finally like colliding those two worlds together? Kind of your your nightlife as a musician and the the day job, like just something you totally not associate together. Uh, that must have been pretty weird to finally put that into. Yeah, 
Definitely. Like that when we got there with, you know, there was one videographer and a, and a friend helping out. Um, when we got there and like we started to actually kind of put it all together, I was like, wow, this is actually going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm going to be... I'm going to be playing music inside the cafe. And it, it was funny because you had, so it's in a hotel and you had the, the valets who I know well, they were walking by like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Nobody could really understand, but I think that was, that was kind of the point. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I aspire to make a, some sort of video like that for myself sometime, not necessarily like at the place where I have my day job, but just, yeah, something really kind of quirky and, simple and creative like that um you uh you're doing a lot of original music um but i also saw you have some remixes and uh speaking as somebody kind of dipped my toes in the in the water of doing remixes for other people a little bit but um i never really quite it didn't click with me like um how you approach your own original song and how you would approach a remix differently as a producer like do you have a certain philosophy or approach to doing remixes that's that's worked for you yeah so honestly what i do the way i do remixes is i always scrap everything but the vocal mm -hmm. i just i just take the vocal stem and then i for me i need to make the song my own you know, when I reproduce it and actually I, I change everything down to the chord progression. And I'm, I'm usually what I'm going to do is just I'm going to loop the, the chorus. Yeah. I'm going to play a chord progression over it and I'm going to start playing piano, play guitar over it and start from there. And then kind of like just restart the song and reappropriate it completely that way. Um, and kind of, yeah, really, I, I don't really use anything usually from the original track other than than the vocals. So keep the vocal, build the rest from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think the the rest is, you know, is what the production really is about. Um, and that's where you get to, like, kind of put your mark and, and, and do you. Uh, and that's what's interesting for me about remixes is you're reimagining something that you know and you're, re you're putting it in a completely new context, um, which is the interesting part of it, I think. Cool. Is that, um, as you continue to make more and more songs is that um something you want to kind of keep uh continue to do in addition to um you know your own uh, eps it's you want to maintain work as a producer for other people's songs as well yeah as a producer yeah i, I would say it's uh it's like the main thing i do like spatial soul is probably you know 20 25 of my time okay you know, yeah so it's it's you think of it more as spatial soul is um not the main project but another project that you have going on as you uh, continue to produce. Okay. Yeah, that's more the way I think about it. I mean, it's just like, it's as if I were producing an artist, except that artist happens to be me. All right. And, uh, yeah. and it's the place where I have the full creative control and creative freedom to, you know, kind of put my own songs and, and, and put my own, you know, my own productive production creativity. You know, a lot of times when you're working with singer songwriter, you're not there to show off your production chops. You're there to highlight yeah. the musician Make and accomplish their, their the best it can be. Yeah, exactly. And accomplish their vision more important, importantly, you know, and sometimes it's really, it's kind of a relief when you just, you can get in and you can do completely you and you have no, there's no boundaries to what you can do and what you want to do. So what have been some of the most uh, exciting or rewarding collaborations you've done? Uh, so far, I mean, the one with the Poland was really great. 
Um, it was, you know, we did four tracks together and I think we both really, really grew out of doing those four songs together. Mm -hmm. The collaborations for the, the new album I'm really excited about as well. You know, I got to work, it's funny, I got to work with two Montreal, Montreal singers and then another singer who's in the UK. Mm. Um, so that's super exciting as well. And then, you know, some other artists that I produce that I absolutely, you know, love as well. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't really ever take projects on if I'm not like, you know, Already excited. Already super excited. Yeah. 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 I, I rarely, I rarely do that because I know I'm not going to give it my, my hundred percent and I, I always want to. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I would say every project I'm on, I'm very excited about. Oh, that's a good place to be in for sure. Um, so the album that's going to be finished soon, uh, what's that going to be called? So the album, yeah, I actually got the masters back on Monday. So, oh, so it is the uh, sound wise, it is finished. Yeah, yeah, music wise, it is finished. Yeah. There's just the the rest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like everything else. <laughs> um, so the album is called Something to Remember You By. Uh, so it talks about love, loss, um, yeah, and I mean all those topics that kind of you know drive a lot of music. It's a lot about time, also. You know what kind of. How, how time interacts with us, what it does to us, what it does to human relationships. Um, I would say it's definitely like darker music than I've put out in the past mm. in terms of the songs are sad, pretty sad. More the introspective. Lyrics, more introspective uh, and definitely on the much more experimental side than anything I've done, mm. uh, which is why I'm excited about it because it brings back some of my more alternative roots. You know, like a few years ago, one of the first albums I was a producer on was a like alternative electronic jazz experimental album uh which is actually the first album i i kind of feel like i you know i really got past the finish line as a yeah, yeah. as a as an album and i'm really psyched that like the new material is kind of bringing back that more you know alternative kind of experimental uh vibe to it while still keeping you know some of the more pop aspects with, that have defined the the few past few years of my creative journey cool so what are do you have any um particular plans with it in terms of uh, getting it out there sharing it with the world Stuff yeah i'm excited I'm, about coming up yeah i mean i i kind of have to, you know i'm gonna do a full album launch and and all of that all of that jazz and and kind of get ready for it i think i'm gonna really i'm gonna give myself a bit of time because i want to do it right uh, you know, m maybe start looking maybe for a label for everything that's kind of like on the more Spotify kind of train, mm -hmm. um, you know, because that, that whole thing is, is kind of world unto itself. Um, so maybe, yeah, partnering with, you know, if not a label, kind of having a team to help with the release of it is something I would, I would definitely love to have because I do feel like between the work I take on as a, as a producer the content I want to be able to create and the other, the other, you know, activities that I take on it, I, I'm starting to be kind of crunched for time. Mm. Uh, so I would have to make space somewhere if I were to take it all on my own, or I would just make space where, you know, make time where I find it. <laughs> yeah. Take what you can get, but yeah. Yeah. Having a, a team or at least other people to bounce off, bounce ideas off of and, and, stuff like that that it can be really really helpful yeah it can yeah really become a rabbit hole um between your uh, producing work for other artists and 
continuing to pursue uh, uh, promoting Spatial Soul, what would be like your ultimate place to be in, you know, a few years from now? What what uh, kind of p- position do you do you hope to uh, to reach? Well, I'm still kind of trying to to figure that out, but I think like eventually, if if I do manage to push this artist project, of a fifty fifty split would be what it would I would really love, you know, um, to have kind of like fifty percent of my time spent on spatial soul and the the creative aspect of that, and then another fifty percent producing other artists, because I think there's something very special about producing artists. I I really do love. Uh, you know, producing other people's music, other people's songs, and kind of seeing that vision happen. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. It's not That's something I would want to give thing. up. It's an important service to be able to provide for for other musicians. It's definitely in demand. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and it's something. It's really something I I love doing. So I don't think I would want to give up either. Um, but yeah, I would I would definitely see myself doing kind of a fifty fifty split, especially if I start doing any kind of live show live music, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I would say probably 50-50. American tour in the works? <laughs> I've heard yeah, it's let, really let... hard for musicians in Canada to gig in America. Like there's so many different yeah, crappy things that pop up. The, the visa situation just gets very complicated very fast every time you're trying to do any kind of, you know, work in the U.S. Um, that, that ugly thing of immigration rears have set in. Um, but yeah, I mean, already if I could, you know, get a few dates in Montreal and just start by having kind of a live set ready that I can perform to and start connecting with the audience that follows me here, you know, kind of locally as well, already that I'd be, I'd be psyched just to play kind of a full show, uh, as Spatial Soul. Yeah. Good stuff. I wanted to ask how to pronounce your last name before I Oh, forget. uh, Um, and how do you usually have Americans pronounce that? <laughs> Ren voice. Ren, ah, oh, that's so bad though. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's... Say it, say it to me the right way one more time. Renvoisé. Renvoisé. All right. Well, I'm, I'll make fun of myself later. That was actually really good. Renvoisé. All right. Well, Renvoisé. Yeah. Eighth, eighth grade French class <laughs> paid off at some point, I guess. All right. Um. Well, Julian, it was really cool to get to talk to you about this stuff, and um, I'm excited to see that that release come out. Keep tabs on your videos. Best of luck with the uh, the launch. Awesome. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thanks a lot. All right, popping back in again here. So that was Julien, Spatial Soul. Really nice guy. I'll have to hit him up next time we're in Montreal. And uh, if you like listening to this podcast, you know what? I'll, I'll uh, mention, why don't you leave a, a rating or a review? ideally a positive one, on uh, on iTunes. always like getting those. And, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up here with um, his remix of that Chris Durkin song, Run. You'll hear the, uh, the new Spatial Soul release, and uh, that'll be it for this week. I'll be back next week with, uh, with another cool episode.
I don't know if I've got it in me